Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We talked about it last week. There's been a real difference between the Tennessee Titans this season in home games and road games. Coming off another road loss, their next contest is well away from Nissan Stadium in London on Sunday morning against the Baltimore Ravens. But officially, the Titans are the home team in that game. So what does that mean? I don't know. I don't think any of us know. But we are going to look at that game, look back a little bit at Sunday's loss to the Colts, as usual, and and try to figure out what comes next for the Tennessee Titans on this episode of the Believe in Titans podcast with the usual lineup, former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, welcome in. Thank you. Good evening. John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John Glennon, welcome in. Hello, David. Hope all are well here. I I and I, I am I am David Beauclair, of course. I think we're all uh all feeling a little better than the uh than the Titans were feeling Sunday afternoon. Uh Mike Vrabel discussed this a little bit on Wednesday at, at two and three. One of the uh one of the Titans big issues on offense has been the uh inability to score touchdowns particularly to convert in the red zone. The offense has just seven touchdowns in three games. Mike Rabel talked about it. They they have had eight drives of 10 plays or more that have ended with a field goal. So moving the ball down the field, you know, controlling, uh, you know, staying ahead of the sticks for a little bit, whatnot, as, as they like to say, but uh, but not getting into the end zone. Uh, Denard Walker, what do you see as the biggest issue down there right now? What has to, what has to change over the next 12 games? Well, we were blaming it on the offensive line. That wasn't the problem Sunday. Uh, when you look at the perimeter game, D-Hop went for 140. So they were consistent there. The quarterback played well until the, what, that last play and the last drive of the game where he threw the pick, he was under the rest. I thought Ryan played well. I mean, yeah. So the question is, is what is the problem, David? No one knows. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how do you finish drives? The- I mean that's, everybody knows the goal line is where it is, right? I, I mean, it's no secret you need to get across it to win games. Well, well it, it sounds easy, but they wasn't able to do it Sunday but one time. And I'm going to go back on that fourth and one. And with, what, what, 13 minutes and 22 seconds in the game, Ryan, they had a great drive, and then they end up in the fourth and one. What was it on, like, the 10-yard line or five-yard line? It was right in the red zone, and they couldn't even get it in. So yeah. you got to credit you got to credit the defensive front for the Colts. They came to play, and let me tell you something. Number 44, that defender, that linebacker from the Colts, he sized up Derrick Henry. He laid the boom on him, and that right there not only set the tone of the game, that was – it was just demoralizing. It was down the hill from there. And that's just to show you the inconsistency in the way that they played Sunday. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, 
John, talk about this. I mean, maybe a shortage of uh, of weapons when you get close to the goal line right now, particularly with Traylon Burks having missed a couple of games. Uh, uh, you know, Kyle Phillips was that guy. I remember. Uh, I remember Kevin Byard talked about it early in training camp last year that uh, that Ryan Tannehill has found his red zone guy in in Kyle Phillips. Phillips hasn't has played just the one game to this point. Is is it is it just a shortage of options right now, or or do you see it as something? Uh, something worse than that. I think that's certainly part of it. You know, we, I mean, Traylon Burks at some point in his career, we think will be a, a good red zone guy, you know, just because of that size and that, that catch radius and so forth. And, and he hasn't been around much, but um, you know, I, I think there's more, I, I went back and, and looked at the, the two worst red zone games that they have this year, the Colts, they were one for four and the saints, they were over three. So you combine those, those are six failed red zone uh, opportunities. Uh, I went back and looked at, at first downs on all of those plays. Net total on all those six first down plays, zero yards on all those. That's not good. That's not going to set you up well for, for second down, that's for sure. Uh, so then what do you have on, on third down? Uh, well, on the six failures, they had third and six, third and 18, third and six. Third and seven, third and ten, third and twelve, uh, and and it, those third downs, as we know, they become especially, I think, more difficult when you're playing in that condensed red zone area. So they've made it tough on themselves, and the the Titans have been awful all year in terms of converting anything over third and five. They are eight for thirty nine on on conversions of third and five. It's just twenty one percent. That's right near the bottom of the league. Uh, so, so all these are, are problems. We've also seen penalties. There were a couple of OPIs on on Chig Okonko. Okonko, uh, one was one was declined, and and there was a hold against Brewer way back in the in that Saints game. So those are the, the some of the things I came up with. And then the other is, you know, I think the Titans were always, um, you know, at least up until some of last year, they always felt confident they could run that ball into the end zone once they got close. And that's just not been the case for a while now. Uh, I looked at the Derrick Henry runs in those two games where the, well, against the Colts and Saints. Three runs on, on the on the six series that failed, three runs for a total of three yards. So just not getting it done uh, there. So there, I think those are some of the uh, some of the reasons anyway that, that we're seeing such a, a colossal change uh, from a Titans team that has been so good in the red zone for really half a decade right now. Yeah, and you know, I, I think I think it's easy a lot of times for uh, for people to say when when a play doesn't work, well, that's bad play calling. And and you know, you you if if you follow along on on X during the games or or whatnot, you'll you'll certainly see that. And and uh, it, you know, it, a lot of times it's amusing, but I think I think in this case. There is, if if not a legitimate argument to be made right now, I think it certainly bears watching as we go forward, because Tim Kelly in in the previous two seasons that he was an offensive coordinator in 2021 and 2020 with Houston. Now, granted, Houston wasn't a wasn't a particularly good team in those years, but uh, but did have Deshaun Watson in 2020. They were not a great red zone offense. They were 25th in the league in red zone conversions in in 2020. They were 28th in the league in red zone conversions rate uh, in 2021. And, and right now the, the Titans are 29th with uh 
with Tim Kelly calling plays. So I, I think uh, I think it it does bear watching as this season goes along. It, it you know what he's trying to do down there. If there's uh, if there's if there's something that that consistently shows up that he's trying to do that that doesn't work. But uh, but it but it seems like his red zone packages maybe leave a little something to be desired. Um, uh, certainly, uh, you know, certainly kicking or scoring touchdowns instead of kicking field goals. Let, let's give Nick Folk credit here again, right? Uh, uh, we we talked about him a couple weeks ago, but but Nick Folk continues to put the ball between the uprights and and do everything he can. It looks like uh, it, it, it at this point it's easily the best trade that that Rand Carthen has made in his career as a general manager. But they uh, you know they need him kicking extra points. They they don't need him kicking all the field goals that he's kicking um speaking of uh speaking of kicking I, I, we don't want to kick denard's guy when he's down here but uh but but christian fulton continues to struggle and uh and mike vrabel said this week that that he even thought about pulling fulton from uh from that game sunday against the colts uh uh denard at, at what point for a cornerback, does does confidence really start to become an issue? And 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 what is what does Fulton need to do to to get out of this? Because let's face it, we've seen Christian Fulton play good football. We know he's capable of it. What what does he need to do to get back to it at this point? You know, David, when you're struggling, um, you know, you really have to take a long look at yourself in this business because uh, you're gonna hear it. And Christian, these last few games, he has been struggling. We saw that uh, in week one against the Saints. And uh, he was exposed a few times, especially that go-ahead uh, deep route. And right now, you know, Christian's going into his fourth year, so he should be well acclimated to this defense. And he was called up on this year, at least going into the season, as being not just a, a player but a leader, uh, especially in the secondary. And when you watch him play right now, it, it, it he doesn't have that swag uh, that we've seen in the past that we've uh, got a chance when he, you know, came up last year. We, I mean, last few seasons, you know, he's been displaying some um, that athleticism that we saw at LSU. Right now, when you watch him play Sunday, half of the time he was turned around while the receiver was over the top of him. And that's inexcusable. I went back and I, and I just watched him, David, and I go back after that 56-yard scamper uh, by Moss. It was a third and 16, and a cardinal rule for a defensive back is do not allow anything over your head. I mean, keep everything in front of you at all times, but especially on a third down and 16 because that's demoralizing when you get a pass interference call. You know, it's like a free down, and it's a cheap one. And when you look at that play, it's like Christian was turned around on that first one and Josh Downs was all, he was like already, uh, he was on top of Christian. And then we saw it again with Michael Pittman. He continued to get tangled up with the receivers all, uh, all game long. And it was frustrating to watch because again, if you look at the one, what was this? The first series in the third quarter, the Titans was up 13 to 10. Uh, Gardner came in the game, which I think they really started to get on the roll when Anthony Richardson went out. He got tangled up with Michael Pittman. Again, that ended up in a score for the Colts because they went ahead and scored going up 17-13. 
He just, he doesn't look like he has confidence right now. And a lot of times, I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if that hamstring is bothering him, but there is something going on. And I don't know if benching him right now is the answer, but sometimes when you sit a player down, you, what you do is let him settle down a little bit. Let him kind of look at the film and see what he's doing wrong. Because right now he's not correcting those mistakes and we're going into week six. Yeah. It, it, is it is it the kind of thing, I mean, will one really good play sort of snap, yeah. you know, be what, what it takes to snap him out of it? Will it have to be a whole game where he where he kind of just keeps things in front of him and does the right things? What what do you what do you think it, it will be the the magic elixir that that that'll get him going in the right direction here? It, it can start. I'm glad that's a great answer, David. It actually can start with making a play. Uh, he hasn't made many plays this year. That's been the problem. He's had a lot of pass interference. He's gotten beat deep uh, quite a bit this season, and we're only going into week six. We saw that in week one against the Saints, and we haven't seen that from Christian Fulton in the past. It was his, his ability to eliminate the deep ball, and this year it's the complete opposite. So, again, it, start, it, it always starts with your confidence. 90% of what you do on that field starts right in your head is what's going on. That's your confidence. When your confidence is shot, you start you see players doing things for sporadic. And that's what we're seeing, Christian. It's not like Christian to be turned around on a third and long. And we, it's, he's been consistent this year in, in doing those kind of plays. And that will get you beat. And the plays that he's giving up those big, he's making those penalties in really bad situations in times of the game, you've seen the Colts capitalize on because a couple plays later, they end up scoring. So, so John, is your sense that the decision to stick with Fulton through that game and, and, and going ahead, at least as far as we know to this point, is it, is it that Mike Vrabel still believes in him that much or there's just no better option right now? Yeah, that is a very good question. Um, and I was I was just kind of like like first just kind of attach some of the numbers uh, to to Christian Fulton's struggles. Um, it targeted eighteen times, fourteen catches for two hundred and seventy two yards. That's a nineteen point four yard average oh. on catches he's given up. It's crazy. Four penalties and opponent quarterback rating when they throw at Fulton one thirty seven point eight. So it's not it's not pretty, but. Yeah, I, I think there is something, uh, Dave, to the fact that a um, little bit limited in, in options because, to, to me, the clear option, if you're going to sit Fulton, you know, the clear option would be, okay, you move, uh, you know, Roger McCreary has been playing slot, but he played outside last year. You move him back outside. You still have Murphy bunting on the other side, and you move Elijah Molden in as your, as your slot corner then uh, because he's obviously got a lot of experience there. The problem with that, though, is you can't rely on Elijah Molden because he's in and out of the lineup so often because of injury. Um, you know, he was on the injury report again today with a hamstring. He missed practice. He only played 10 snaps against the Colts. I have to assume that was likely at least partially injury-related. Uh, so it's hard to count on on him as being a regular, you know, as part of the, the three guys there. And if you don't go with that trio – uh, then you're talking about you know having McCreary inside, Murphy Bunning outside, and and on the other side instead of Fulton, you're looking at guys like Trey Avery or a Kendall Vildor, you know who they who they picked up from from waivers. Are you ready to go that route? You know full time, maybe maybe not. I, I, my guess is 
Mike Vrabel isn't ready to take that step quite yet, but maybe one more game, you know, if there's another bad Fulton game coming up here, then you've got the bye week. That's the, to me, you know, traditionally you see some changes made with a little bit of extra time there. Maybe that's the time he says, you know, if, if Bolton can't turn it around this week, enough, uh, enough is enough. And one other thing to point out too, uh, you know, Chris Harris, the, you know, is a new DBs coach this year and was kind of brought in, obviously, to improve the the DBs. You know, Anthony Midget was the guy last year and, and took a lot of criticism because the numbers of the DBs weren't weren't very good last year. And you know, Chris Harris has a good background, but we haven't seen much difference so far this year not only christian Fulton, but the the dbs in general have given up too many explosive plays so you know we're looking for for him to to have some answers to this problem too yeah the 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 titans got it, it according to reports at least got into a little bit of a bidding war over chris harris they were not the only team interested in uh in signing him and uh and and that's an excellent point because the it's not just Fulton, you know, the, the safeties have, uh, safeties have, have not been quite as good as we expected. It, it, I mean, in general that, uh, I mean, we talked about it the, the last few weeks that the, the problem with the defense was they were giving up too many plays down the field in the passing game. It was, uh, you know, the run defense was doing its part and, and that, that didn't happen either on, uh, on, on Sunday all of a sudden. So it was, uh, uh, it's it's uh it's a lot of it it's a lot of misery there right now um john I'll stick with you you know fulton's an easy target right now but but at two and three there's uh there's a lot of guys i think you can say for the titans right now who who need to be better as as and, and as you pointed out the the open date and the schedule's coming up it it it's it's a time when coaches are going to do a lot of self-scouting they're going to they're going to really they're they're going to break down a lot of things and and that that is an opportunity to make some changes so in this uh in this last game before the open date who uh who do you think needs to needs to be better and and make a case for themselves to uh to to stay in their current role or maybe even you know try and expand their role going forward yes i have to nominate uh harold landry for a wake-up call here uh come on harold uh we, we <laughs> know you missed last year obviously with an acl which is a tough injury to come back from but you know harold himself said uh you know even a training camp that he had basically forgotten about any injury by then it had happened a long time ago he'd had a lot of chance to rehab he felt good going into the season and and he has been very quiet uh this year with the exception of you know the one sack big sack against the uh, los angeles chargers that helped the the uh, titans get a win in that game but overall uh you know he's got five total pressures in five games not good one sack one hit and three hurries uh per pff his overall grade, uh, PFF again, 47.3, not good. Uh, and, and again, uh, everybody knows that this is a guy who signed a five-year, $87 million deal, uh, you know, and, and right before the the, uh, the ACL injury. So is it is it health? Is the knee still slowing him down? You know, he also was on the injury report this year with an, with an abdomen, too. He, he looks healthy. He's playing a lot of snaps out there. Um, but he's just the, the the production is is not there right now. And if anything could help this Titan secondary that we just talked about, uh, it's a little bit more pressure. You know, the guys off the edge, especially I think, and in particular Harold Landry. 
Yeah, you know, in in typical fashion, Harold Landry leads the uh, leads the the edge rushers in defensive snaps played, which is which is not unusual for him, right? That that has been the big discussion in recent years, actually. That that how do you get Harold Landry a little more rest? And that's the thing he's he's played seventy one point eight percent of the snaps on defense, which is uh, which is way down from what we've seen from him in recent years. Uh, a lot of times he's been eighty five and above. Uh, in, in you know in, in at times he's been more than ninety percent of defensive snaps played. So he's. Uh, you know, you you would hope, at least the feeling was always less is more with uh, with Harold Landry, and that uh, that has not been the has not been the case so far this year. Right now, less is less, and uh, and it is surprising given uh, you know given the way we've seen guys come back from ACLs, given the the amount of time that Landry had to do the exactly that this last year. You you would have you would have expected that uh, that that he'd have, he'd have been back to being Harold Landry, but, uh, but not yet, which is not to say he's not going to get there, but, but certainly not yet. Denard, if, uh, if you're handing out wake up calls this weekend, who's, uh, whose phone are you ringing? I sure hate to say this, but, uh, the King is not looking like the King. Wow. <laughs> I know it, it, it's hard for me, especially, uh, watching that game Sunday, it, it looked like Tajay Spears gave this offense just a little bit different, uh, a little bit different gear. D- d- I don't know what it's, what's going on. I don't know if it's the new offensive coordinator, but I go back to uh, the fact that it was in, what, in the fourth quarter in about 13 minutes and, and the game was kind of shifting and on that, on that fourth and one. And how many times have we seen throughout the years, Derek King, I mean, the, the King gets stopped. And there was Zaire Franklin, number 44, uh, for the Colts that put that hit on. That was one-on-one. How many times have we seen Derek uh, get tackled by one player? David, can you tell me? He went backward. Not not even just he went he went way backwards, and that was the problem. We haven't seen we haven't seen that in a long time. And what's amazing, you're talking about in 35 games over his career. I mean, what he's had 35 games played with over 100 yards, 100 plus yards rushing. He had against Cincinnati 22 carries and 122 yards. Ran for a rushing TD and he threw a rushing TD and it was kind of like, okay, here he goes. You know, here comes the king. It just was taking him some time, get the rust off. But once again, it looks like he regressed. Sunday, what, 13 carries, 43 yards. He was a non-factor in the offense. And we know that this offense live and die on the play of Derrick Henry. So they look, it just, it's something is going on right now with Tim Kelly and Derrick Henry. Something is going on. They're not meshing. And I, I don't know what it is, but you're trying to tell me that in five games, he has 330 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns. That's not King numbers. No, no, it's, uh, it's not. And, you know, again, it's always, it's always going to be fair to, to wonder how much age and, and usage has caught up to him. It, it is continuing to to catch up to him, but uh, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a guy I'm, I'm sure no one is ready to write off yet, but, but I, I agree with you, Denard, for the first time Sunday, I, I was, I, I, I was looking at Tajay Spears going, yeah, you know, he, he, he's certainly more than just a change of pace back. And he's, uh, 
he he's a guy who who really could warrant more use here as uh, as the season goes on. Uh, you know the 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 book has always been Derrick Henry gets better as the year goes on and and defenses get a little more tired and and maybe that'll still happen. But uh, but you know you look at you look at some of the the moments Spears had like the the one botched handoff where he was going left and he you know makes something out of it going right like he. Uh, you know, maybe the Titans would never run that play with Henry in there in the game, uh, but it's tough to imagine Henry would have gotten as much out of that right now as. Uh, and also uh, the touchdown, the end around. Yeah. I mean, we've never seen Derek do a play. You know, he doesn't do plays like that, but you saw Tajay Spears. He just gives him like a different dimension. It just seems like every time he's in the game, it's like something special is about to happen. Let's just kind of wait and see. And it's just like, he's bringing a, he's, brought a spark to this offense yeah i mean i i think i think a lot of people for the first time can finally imagine this offense without derrick henry you you know the last few years it's been it's been so much derrick henry and people revel in in what he's been able to do and how much fun he's been and 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 it's almost like you just can't imagine how you know how this team's ever going to function when when he gets old and and has to retire and whatnot but now all of a sudden you you can see that and and feel a little bit of that excitement i'm gonna i'm gonna send my wake-up call to uh to chigo conco no nobody had more of an opportunity to to play a much bigger role this year than than chig and uh and 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 you know that's a guy similar to way the way we're talking about Spears. When he was on the field last year, things seemed to happen, and and uh, and you just go back to the 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 game at uh, at Indianapolis last year when when he caught the the third down pass after lining up at fullback. That was sort of the uh, that that was sort of the 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 moment we all took notice of him and said, "Boy, this this guy you can really do some things with." Well, through five games. He's he has uh, 15 receptions, which you know it's that that's an okay number, three a game. But for 104 yards, a, 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 an average of 6.9 a pop among the among the top 25 tight ends in receptions right now, only one Zach Ertz, who is 33 years old, has a worse yards per uh, reception average than uh, than Chigo Conquo does, and and to make matters worse. Oconquo's got four penalties called against him. He's actually had five thrown against him. One of them was declined. He is the most penalized member of the Tennessee Titans right now, which uh, which is is stunning to me when you think about you know all the holds that get all the offensive holdings that get called, all the defensive pass interferences that get called, and uh, and what have you. The 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 fact that he's piling up penalties that way is is astonishing to me, and. Uh, and and he you know he needs to be he needs to be better this, this team let austin hooper walk this team let jeff swain walk this this team turned over the tight end room to make it chigo conquo's room and uh and and he he hasn't delivered to the anywhere near the degree that they uh they anticipated this point so uh so we'll we'll see. Those those are our wake up calls for this week. And and speaking of wake up calls, I, I'm assuming some of the Titans will will need wake up calls this weekend. As as we mentioned, they're playing in uh, playing in London against the Baltimore Ravens. And, uh, and and interestingly, the Titans are not traveling to London until 
following Thursday's practice. They practiced in Nashville on Wednesday, practicing in Nashville on Thursday. Then they're going to get on the plane, fly over, conduct a, a what what Mike Rabel keeps calling a normal Friday practice when they get there, and uh, and. and try to adjust their body clocks accordingly and and what have you. The Ravens, in stark contrast, flew over on Monday. Uh they they want to settle in and and see what uh see what they can do doing it that way. Uh John, as as you look at this, does, does one of those approaches make more sense to you than the other? Yeah, I, I can see I can see both sides of the equation. Um, you know, I, I think most teams um have chosen the the approach that the titans are going with now and that's to uh to go over later and, and that way you can say okay we, we can control all the variables uh you know as far as two solid practice days you know our our normal wednesday and thursday practice days we're going to do everything just like we always take prep days those where you where you get most of the stuff done what you run into, though, obviously, is by getting over there late in the week, you have less time to adjust uh, to to body clock, you know, sleep deprivation, the the change of time zones, um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if there are problems, you know, little little travel problems, you're dealing with them as you're getting closer to the game also. So that's the downside there. I'm kind of in, intrigued, like the Ravens, this has not really been an approach that that many teams I don't think have taken over the years for these London games is going over early. And the reason that the Ravens are doing this is because they took the traditional approach in 2017 and got their rear ends handed to them 44 to 7 by Jacksonville. So basically John Harbaugh said, "We want to do everything different uh this time around." So we don't we don't want to go through that that kind of routine again. But you know, I I kind of like it because they're, they they get all the the you know the sleep deprivation the change of time zones all that stuff that they get that uh, ticking at the beginning of the week so within a couple of days you're you're far more adjusted to it and by Wednesday today the Ravens had a practice over in London today presumably you know you're feeling at home and you've got two three regular days of practice over there and you've already put the adjustment behind you. So I, I, if I had to favor, I, you know, I, I kind of like that uh, approach a little more, and I'm curious to see what, uh, how the Ravens will do, uh, you know, against the Titans, and what they have to say about that uh, approach afterwards. Because I, I, you know, I, I, as I say, it, it does make sense to get all the little, to get all that stuff out of the way, start the adjustment process earlier, and then you're only focused on football for a good portion of that that week. Denard, if you were still playing and, and the coaches asked you, what, what would your preference be? I would do like Baltimore. I mean, I would be over there right now trying to get acclimated to the time zone because I've, you know, I know what jet lag feels like. And that's just from flying from like Nashville to Seattle. So I couldn't yeah. imagine flying from Nashville to London. That's, that is a wow. How, how long of a flight is that? About eight hours. Eight hours. Yeah, and it's a six-hour time difference too. Yes, that we're yeah, because I, I know the game is what at eight thirty. Uh, yeah. I mean, you did that a couple times when you were with the Titans, didn't you? When you went out west, didn't Jeff Fisher take you guys out there on Friday, even to give yeah, you, you an extra day just to adjust to the the, the two-hour time difference? Yeah, we left on Fridays. Anytime we did a, a West Coast 
uh, we had a West Coast schedule. We would leave uh, on a Friday and just to kind of get acclimated because we tried that one time going to Seattle the day before and it, it didn't, it, it wasn't nice. Uh, most guys were jet lagging a five hour, it was about four and a half hour flight. So again, I would, you know, it all comes down who's going to win this game. I, I, I truly believe if they can get over and get acclimated, then they'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, whoever wins, they made the right choice, right? But right. Uh, I mean, let's let's just say this: Jacksonville just played two games in a row over there, so they had you know they had even more time than the Ravens. Welcome the Buffalo Bills over there last week. The Bills looked like maybe the best team in in the NFL in weeks two, three, and four. And uh, and Jacksonville shut that offense down and, and won that game 25-20. I, uh, uh, I, I almost uh, – I, I get I get what Mike Vrabel is trying to do and and keep things as as normal as possible, but but I, I'm with you guys. Like I I'm I would like to get there and sort of get my feet under me rather than feel like okay now I'm here and and everything's going to be crazy for the next 48 hours and then we'll get on a plane and come back home. But uh, but again, like like we say, whoever uh, whoever wins, they they made the right choice. So that. Uh, that that begs the question, John Glennon, who's going to win this Sunday and why? First, I, I, you know, just one little point I was going to add on, on our previous topic there, David, taking us back to our days covering the Predators. It was always the debate, remember, teams going into Colorado. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when you had a game there in the altitude of Colorado, whether you wanted to, if you had a few days beforehand, whether you wanted to go out a few days early, get used to the altitude, if that would help. Or if you wanted to go in there very late to Colorado and spend as little time in there, so you're not worried about the altitude and it wouldn't affect you, there there was always that that back and forth as well. But anyway, going to uh, to the game uh, this week, uh, Titans fans should probably be happy uh, because I've been so wrong uh, this year, and and I I'll I'll throw this out there. I, I kind of you know feel. Uh, better about the Ravens' chances uh, this Sunday. I, I got to say, it's going to be a tough chore for the uh, for the Titans to uh, to stop uh, Baltimore. I don't think Baltimore is going to have the kind of sloppy performance the Ravens did last week against Pittsburgh. You know, less turnovers, less drop passes. There's a lot of weapons on on that team, uh, and and the Titans just haven't shown us a lot in the in the way of offense uh, so far. So I'm leaning towards. The Ravens, which undoubtedly means the Titans will win this Sunday. <laughs> Denard Walker, what do you think happens Sunday? Well, this Ravens defense, I mean, they're good. They play sloppy against Pittsburgh. But, man, I'll tell you what, that, this defense is stingy. They're holding running backs about 3.8 yards per carry. And if you look at Tennessee, they haven't been able to, to generate a, a, a consistent running game. And then if you look at the Ravens' pass defense, they're uh, right there in the top five. I think they're number three. Three, I just give it up about seventy-two point six yards uh, catch. So again, I like I like Baltimore this game. I just think Tennessee right now they they got an identity problem until they get that corrected. I don't see this team uh, really doing anything uh, major at least this at this point of the season. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I uh, you know I, I like the Ravens in this one too. We we talked about the Titans' red zone issues on offense. Baltimore has the the best red zone defense in the league through the first five games this season. So that's a uh, uh, you know that's a uh, that's a bad combination right there. Um, 
doesn't hurt. It doesn't help. Jeffrey Simmons is hurting. He's on the uh, first injury report of the week with a uh, with a shoulder issue and and did not practice. Tierre Tart did not practice. Also on Wednesday, Traylon Burks still hurting. Uh, no indication yet that he's uh, he's on his way back. That's uh, that that's a that's a lot of lot of beef and a and a lot of good quality snaps right there. If those three guys can't play, so. Uh, um, but, uh, y- you know, we, we saw it, we saw it against Cincinnati. Um, we've said this, Mike Vrabel's teams, when they are, uh, when, when you least expect it, they, they sort of, they sort of tend to step up and, and play well. So there, there's always that, but, uh, but until I see them play well outside of Nissan stadium, I'm, I'm not going to buy this, you know, the, the fact that they're, that they're the home team for this game means anything. I'm I'm looking at it as this is another game outside of Nissan Stadium. It, this team has to has to figure some things out without its crowd helping right now. So uh, until I see it, I'm not uh, I'm not going to believe it. I think uh, I think the Ravens too. But we will uh, we will all be up early. We will get our wake up calls early Sunday morning. Get up and watch the game and uh, and we will be back here to talk about it next week. Until then, John Glennon, thank you. Thank you. Denard Walker, thank you, sir. Thank you. And uh, and for me, David Beauclair, thank you all, as always, for listening to the Believe in Titans podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.